Welcome to Star Wars in 10. Now hit the intro. <laughs> What's going on, Far Far Away family? How's everyone doing on this hump day? Yes, we are finally in the middle of the week, so it's all downhill from now. And I hope everything is going good on your side of the galaxy. Nothing really new out here on the Outer Rim to report. But tonight is Lightsaber Radio, and we are covering the first season of Rebels, talking about the pros and cons of each episode. Plus, we might talk a little bit about Galaxy Star Cruiser Hotel. Oh, yeah, I know. There's some new videos out, and some other stuff that has been put out about the new hotel. Hopefully, it's better than that last crap, but we will have to see. If not, I know we'll be talking about it on Saturday. Now, let's get back to the story, because when we left off yesterday, Sarah just asked Lucia to get a hold of the assassin. So, let's see what's going to happen next. Set Hearth had been on Dune for two days. He was determined not to still be here by the end of the third. In part, he wanted to be gone before any more Jedi showed up to investigate Med's death, or to try and claim the artifacts the Serene had come for in the first place. But beyond that, Set was just sick of being surrounded by miners. They were all beginning to look the same, squat and stout, their common thickness a result of generations spent at hard manual labor. Their skin was brown and weathered, not to mention caked with the dust and grime that hung over everything. They all had the same hair, short and dark, and they all wore the same clothes, drab and ratty. Even their features all looked the same, grim and sullen, despondent and broken by a lifetime of grinding in the quarries. To say he didn't fit in was the epitome of understatement. Set was thin and wiry, with long silver hair flowing down over his shoulders. His skin was creamy white and unblemished by the elements. His handsome features conveyed a mischievous charm and just a touch of arrogance. And unlike the miners, Set dressed with style. He wore a tailor-fitted combat suit, the material a shade somewhere between black and violet. The lightweight outfit gave him full mobility, yet was also durable enough to afford some protection if, as so often happened around set, events took a violent turn. Atop this, he wore a pale yellow vest. Both the combat suit and vest were sleeveless to leave his arms bare. A fashionable violet band of woven Vita cloth encircled each ripped bicep, and his boots, belt, and fingerless gloves were made from the finest Corellian leather. Typically, he also carried a GSI 24D disruptor pistol, holstered on his right thigh, and a conventional blaster strapped to his left. Here on Doan, however, disruptors were banned, so he'd tucked both weapons, along with his lightsaber, into the various pockets lining the inside of his vest. It was obvious he didn't belong with the rest of the crowd in the cantina, but Set was trying to blend in. It was common knowledge that mercenaries could find high-paying jobs here on Dune. Set figured anyone who saw him would assume he was just one more soldier of fortune, hoping to cash in on the escalating violence between the rebels and the nobility. They'd be wrong, of course. Set was here hoping to cash in, but it had nothing to do with Doan's inevitable civil war. Less than a week ago, his former colleague, Med Tandar, had been on this world, and there was only one reason he would ever come to a pit like this. 
Master Oba sent you here to find some dark side talisman, didn't he? Only you got more than you bargained for. Always suspected you were soft. Whatever Met had come in search of, he had died before retrieving it. That meant the item was still here, just waiting for someone to claim it. Someone like Set. Okay, I think this would be a great time to get to today's sponsor. Are you planning on hosting a dinner party anytime soon? Well, you're in luck. Galactic Droids has a brand new chef droid to add to your staff. Designed after the iconic Separatist leader, General Grievous, this droid has multiple arms, so he can do several things at one time. Chopping, cutting, and even cooking. He is your all-in-one cook for the kitchen. There is no better chef droid on the market, so give them a call and reserve your chef droid today. Galactic Droid takes no responsibility if your droid turns into a Separatist leader and tries to conquer the galaxy or hack up your entire dinner party. Buy at your own risk. For the past two days, he had traveled the scarred surface of Doan, moving from one cantina, barracks, or worksite to another. At each stop, he asked questions, trying to find someone, anyone who knew something about the Syrian who'd been killed along with the rebel leaders. More importantly, he needed to find someone who knew what Med had been looking for. To anyone who asked, he explained that he was interested because he was a collector of rare artifacts. But the people here were wary. Some of them suspected he was working for the royal family. It wasn't easy to get the answers he needed. Still, over the years, Set had learned that everyone had their price. Or their breaking point. His investigations had led him here, to this nameless cantina owned by a Rhodian bartender named Quano. One of only a handful of non-humans who chose to try to make a living on Doan. Eager to get away from the blowing dust clouds rolling across the surface, Set pushed open the door and entered the cantina. He immediately began to regret his decision. It was clear that the crowd in this particular establishment comprised the lowest dregs of Doan mining society. Most of the people here were bent and twisted, the hardtimers hunchbacked and half-crippled by a lifetime of digging up ore for the profit of others. Their clothes weren't just shabby, but filthy, and the acrid stench of sweat and unwashed bodies nearly brought tears to his eyes. Exactly the kind of people Set would expect to find in a Rodian's bar. The furniture was as wretched and broken down as the clientele. Glasses disfigured by chips and cracks, discolored tabletops tottering on three rickety legs, rusting stools that looked as if they would crumble if given one good kick. Against the far wall was a long, wide bar, covered by a slapdash coat of peeling paint that did little to hide the rotting wood beneath. The row of bottles perched on the shelf behind the bar were covered in a thick layer of dirt and grime. But Set didn't need to read the labels to guess they were all brands that readily sacrificed quality for price. He noticed two heavy-set thugs loitering on either side of the door and quickly sized them up. Typical goons, big, strong, and stupid. He could tell from the awkward way they stood that each had a small pistol jammed down the front of his respective belt. Leaning against the wall behind the bar was the green-skinned proprietor himself, his arms crossed in front of his chest. His insect-like eyes glared at Set from across the room. His taper-like snout twisted into what the former Jedi could only assume was meant to be a sneer. Ignoring the uninviting greeting, Set made his way slowly toward the Rodian. Two dozen eyes gave him the once-over as he passed the bar, their collective gaze cold, appraising, and ultimately uncaring as the owners turned their attention back to the brackish sludge swirling around in their mugs. 
Bar for miners only. Quano muttered in heavily accented galactic basic once Set was close enough to rest an elbow on the bar. Now this was the most in-depth and boring parts yet. This whole part was basically a description of Dawn and Set. It describes how the people of Dawn look, how they all look the same, short, stout, and hunched over, like people that have worked in the mines their whole lives. What do you expect them to look like? Supermodels? Dawn is a mining planet. They're going to look like miners. Then it goes on to talk about what Set looked like. He was thin and wiry with long gray hair. He wore a combat suit and a vest with fingerless gloves and boots made of leather. He hid his blasters and lightsabers within the vest, so he definitely didn't fit in. Well, duh, he looked like an idiot. Where's a combat suit with a vest over it? Most people just thought he was a mercenary that had been traveling across the planet looking for work. But he was trying to find information about Med's death. He knew if Med was on Dawn, he was looking for something. Master Oba had sent him there to find a talisman or some other Sith artifact, whatever that might be. But he had been there for two days, and if he didn't find something by the third, he was leaving. He knew more Jedi would be showing up soon. Sometime or another, they was going to come, so he needed to get off the planet. This is when he walked into a cantina where the people hadn't showered for days, so it just smelled of work and must. And you have to tune in tomorrow to find out what happens next. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.